Welcome, welcome everyone to episode 10 of the Potentiation Podcast. I'm your host, Fran Kalinsky. Thank you. Thank you as always for joining today's episode. And it's the 10th episode. It's it's not really a huge milestone for me. It is a faster 10th episode than I anticipated I'd get to. I started off this podcast with a series and a string of interviews right out of the gate that really helped this thing take off and I've had a lot of great support since it started. And I just want to give a quick thank you to everybody who has listened up to this point, not just my listeners who are listening now, but everybody who continues to listen. Thank you for the support. Uh, It took a little bit of determination to get this thing going and also to just decide to do it. You know, even on a day like today, December 1st, I struggled to find how to set up the discussion for this podcast or how to even find the motivation to do it. You know, that's just the times that we're living in. But that brings me to today's subject and something I should note for today's podcast. I'm doing my first solo rant, I guess you could say, my first solo podcast since I, well, really since I attempted podcasting back in 2015. Long story short, for those of you don't, who don't know, I have a background in journalism. I got my master's degree in the CUNY, from the CUNY Graduate School of Journalism here in New York. And a buddy of mine named Jeff Weisinger and I, before I went to grad school for journalism, attempted to start our own podcast, which really started as me trying to host my own show. And I found out that I really wasn't good at talking to myself for an extended period of time much less with a camera pointed at me, which is what we were doing at the time. And I got stage fright, chickened out, asked him to help me host the podcast. And then it was pretty much smooth sailing from there. And we mostly talk sports and things like that. Now, this podcast is obviously not sports. It's a little bit more health and wellness related. I do have a wide cast of characters on this podcast, but It's not necessarily a fitness podcast. I've kind of reiterated that at certain times throughout my episodes that even though I'm a personal trainer, you know, we talk about a broad variety of things depending on who I interview, right? When I interviewed my friend Mac, um, Mikhail and Roe, we talked about comedy and acting. Uh, Same thing goes for friends of mine who aren't necessarily as passionate about fitness as myself, right? With my friend Luciano Reyes, we talked about his music career, and we kind of just BS. That's one of my better friends. And I just had fun on episodes like that, and I want to continue to have fun. But today's episode is about fitness. Today's episode does pertain directly to me as a trainer and to trainer friends, friends of mine who work in gyms and who work as fitness coaches, whether it be remotely or in person. And, you know, I got something to say. I I do think that it's been a tricky past six, what, six, seven months, eight months for for a lot of us in, in which we are calling into question the status of our careers for the most part, right? We're thinking about what it is we're gonna do in the future because there's so much stuff going on. There's There's so much news and there's so many things to listen to so many people to listen to about what's changing in the world nowadays that it gets a little scary 
And I want to talk about that because I've had my fair share of anxiety attacks throughout this whole pandemic, as I'm sure many people have had. Luckily, I'm able to say that I've been able to stay afloat and not that many, not, not a whole lot of trainers can say that, right? I think if you're, if you're a well-established personal trainer, somebody who has worked with clients for years on top of years, and the relationship is strong, you guys have more or less been able to work, work things out uh, from a client to trainer perspective, whether it's a FaceTime session in a living room or meeting outdoors, if that's what it's come down to. Now that it's getting colder here in New York, it's a little bit tougher to do that. But we've had to improvise in ways that we probably never expected we would. And I think for a lot of trainers, that's fun. And I think for just as many trainers, it's scary and maybe not sustainable either, right? We are in a place where for, for, for as much of an argument as there has been for being in a comfort zone, right, where we're locked in our houses, you know, the introverts are really having a field day with the pandemic where they don't have to go outside and they can enjoy themselves indoors. A lot of us are really out of our comfort zone, especially as personal trainers who are used to seeing five to six people a day in person, right? There's considerable amounts of science that show that person-to-person interaction, face-to-face interaction and conversation is good for your brain, right? This is a lot of what we focus on with my nonprofit profit foundation, the Paper Bag Mass Foundation, uh, is, is getting people engaged with each other. And, there, and there's something to be said about it not being the same over a virtual Zoom conference call or a FaceTime call even. It, it, it helps, but it's not, it, it's not doing everything that it possibly can. So what I wanna talk about today is, is where do we go from here? And it's an open discussion. If you're listening to this episode and I say something today that maybe you don't agree with, maybe you're not necessarily all the way on board with how I'm treating this issue strictly from a personal trainer's viewpoint, I'd welcome you to message me on Instagram or or Twitter or wherever it is that you follow me or even just send me a text or call and we can talk about it, right? I want this to be a forum. And I, I do plan on talking to more trainers about this type of thing. But I, I'm, I'm concerned personally for the future of fitness in the sense that I don't know what's going to happen with big gyms, right? Uh, for those of you who don't know, I, I work for uh, a large corporation, Equinox Fitness Clubs, which is predicated largely on the in-person experience and the luxury facility that they have. Beautiful gyms just about everywhere you go, especially here in New York City, we have some of the best facilities that you can find when it comes to health and fitness, right? And and, and don't get me started on the locker rooms, right? They're, they're gorgeous. These places are places you want to be if you're lifting weights. And during primetime hours pre-COVID, you could tell because everybody was in that gym. There were there was such a community we had there um, at the time, dating back to January, February, that, that it, it just made me feel like I was part of a big, big family. And I'm sure that's how a lot of trainers at their respective gyms, if they stayed there for a while, probably feel, right? Like they're part of a family. Like they have people that 
care about them, that are close to them day in and day out, right? Like those things matter. But what's scary is that we may not return to that for a while, right? Some gyms aren't going to make it through this whole ordeal. And that's super unfortunate, right? Only because if, if, if for any other reason, not, not because they're not receiving government assistance, but because their members are choosing to leave the gyms. And this is the core of the issue that I want to poke at today is where do we go from here in terms of getting people to enjoy enjoy the gym again, right? How do we make that experience seem like it's it's worth it to the people who help bring the money in, right? And this is also a, a bit of a financial issue as well. So if any of you guys are well-versed in the areas of financial assistance from the government or, or, or what have you, politics, whatever, I'm welcome. I'm open to talking about that as well. But I think we need to really think about what it is that we're that we are going to sell as personal trainers, as gyms, to to make the gym experience feasible again, right? People don't want to come back, not just because they don't want to be near people, but because Let's be totally honest here. There, there's other things at play, uh, like home gym equipment, that I personally don't think will put trainers out of business. For for the reason being, I th- I do think that there's a special relationship between the tra- client and trainer, which I kind of touched on in the beginning. That you can't really replicate in a group fitness or even a virtual fitness setting, right? I, I don't think that those things really compare. But I do think that it's going to be hard for us to convince people otherwise, right? It's going to be hard for us to tell people, hey, you should come back to the gym because I can promise you a better workout than X instructor on the Peloton, right? Like it's hard to do that right now. I think we're in a very tough spot where we can't necessarily make a compelling argument when it comes to things like that. Peloton's you know, love them or hate them, they're super convenient. And I know a ton of people who've invested in them, right? Same thing goes for, you know, any Nautilus piece of equipment, right? Dumbbells, kettlebells, you name it. People are, these things are flying off the shelves and people are creating gyms in their own houses to, you know, work around this whole gym contamination fear. And I think it would be a little naive to not, acknowledge that as a trainer right and I'm sure a lot of us are um I think a lot of us are focusing on well yeah maybe right now it's not working but in a couple years or maybe in a couple months everything will be fine right and I think it's I think it's just a little bit short-sighted to think that we're gonna be over this and everything will be back to to normal you know, if you if you're a trainer and you've spoken to your clients, you might have heard them say like, "This might not be this this gym thing might not be something I'm ever really interested in doing again." Right? Especially for those of you who are listening who live here in New York City, we know people have gyms built into their apartments, right? Sometimes in the basement of their 
apartment or what have you, they, they, they have access to things that are smaller and frankly more convenient. And not just the price of personal training, but the price of a membership to a gym almost seems like it's not worth it. And that's kind of, those are the, the, the kind of things we need to tackle when we're trying to convince people that the gym environment is, is something that people need in their lives, right? When we talk about gyms, and let me just go on record saying that since I've been back in my gym, which I train my clients at, it's been the cleanest I've ever seen it, one, right? Like, I don't know that so many of the critics I see saying that gyms are breeding grounds for bacteria really have walked inside a gym since COVID has started because the maintenance staffs, not just at my gym, but I'm sure at every other gym that's open right now, are working their absolute tails off. Like, this is a team effort. Bacteria, I, I don't think, can thrive at these places if you see how often cleaners are coming around to to fix this place up like it looks great it just is so such a depressing sight to not see people in there and you know day in and day out the times that are supposed to be prime time gym time it's not turning out to be that way i really don't know what to make of it because you you think that if people have the ability to work from home now and things may or may not continue that way, do primetime gym hours change, right? Like let's say the, the, the gym scenario works out in the best possible scenario and people do decide that they want to come back, right? Do, do primetime hours now become times other than 7 to 9 a.m. or 5 to 7 p.m.? Like what, what could there be a midday surge I, I don't know but but you'd, you'd have to think that wouldn't people want it, it it just is crazy to me that in the age that we're living in people who were at one point so obsessed with the gym who now have a, a slightly more freedom to choose the time in which they want to go elect not to go altogether right it, it, it's it's a little bit baffling to me how how quickly the landscape has changed and and furthermore how how quickly the the attitude towards gyms have changed right it if you talk to somebody before this and let's say an at your average avid, avid gym goer who enjoyed the gym who enjoyed the feeling of walking into the locker room and if you're a consistent gym goer you know what I'm talking about walking into the locker room you know, getting changed into your workout clothes, whether you had a consistent, you know, outfit for it, or you just threw on whatever shorts and shirt you can find and just got to it, you know, worked up a sweat, got the, the infamous pump going and, and just did your thing. You got the endorphins flowing after an hour. Um, you, you'd probably feel you'd get from them if you asked them pre COVID that, their their passion for the gym, if they go consistently, is at a high level, right? Like they care about having that as a part of their routine because it helps make them, you know, who they are. Now that that mindset 
that that need to have this as a part of your routine has just dissipated in an, in an extreme way in the sense that you start to question if people were ever and this is not to throw shade at anybody who was a consistent gym goer before covid but you start to wonder if people were ever as passionate about fitness as they were before this all happened right was it and and again not throwing shade at anybody but to play the devil's advocate here was the whole routine of going to the gym just a facade or did people really really actually enjoy training because i've spoken to many people who have more or less quote unquote fallen off fitness wise who say that they find it hard to get enthusiastic about exercising in a post gym era post covid era if you will and that to me just sounds like they are missing that one notch in their routine whether it was physically packing a bag and going to the gym itself or having the post-workout protein shake after a heavy lifting session. Like these are things that kept people engaged and enjoying the gym. And we need to remind people that those things are rewarding, not not just from a physical standpoint, but from a psychological standpoint. People like to see progress and gyms will not gyms will not let you not see progress right there are mirrors everywhere right everywhere you go right in front of the dumbbell rack if you're doing some biceps you can bet your ass people are looking at their arms in there cuz they want to feel you know juicy and strong they want to like look at the veins popping out of their arms and say i'm getting ripped and i love this feeling and that's important right that that, that affirmation and that that consistent vision of progress is is most apparent usually in the gym after a sweaty hour long workout, right? That's self care, in essence. It 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 takes a long time to develop a habit like that, especially if you're someone who has never played a sport, and you pick up working out or lifting weights or running whatever it is. That takes diligence and it takes a lot of courage too to walk into a gym and decide I'm going to work out. I'm going to potentially grunt and maybe make some embarrassingly ugly faces for an hour so that after I leave the gym, I can feel really, really good. Like that's hard stuff to do. So when you think about where do we go from here and what do gyms do to try and get people engaged again? The question actually becomes a little bit harder because you can't just sell that. You can't just really sell the experience. Now, if I'm if I'm arguing against myself here, because I'm I'm proposing that that stuff is needed, right? That psychological aspect that actually being in the gym is important. If I were to argue against myself here, I could say that. People are getting that feeling working out at home by themselves, right? I would say that there's just enough, there's just as many people who are finding comfort, not just comfort, but they're finding an extra leg of motivation by doing it at home by themselves, Uh, something that they didn't know that they had within themselves to work out in the comfort of their living room 
and then shower and then not have to share a space with someone else when they do it. Like that is equally important. So that makes it hard for us to sell as trainers and as, as gym people, as, as fitness instructors. It makes us hard for us to sell the in-gym experience if people are not necessarily seeing the value in being there, right? It's, it's, it is, I think, beneficial to be around other people who are also working their asses off to look better. And to use that as a, as a form of motivation, right? I do think that there's benefit in that, but that's me being a personal trainer seeing benefit there, right? That's my own confirmation bias. I don't know that the average everyday person can see benefit or value in working out next to somebody or seeing that jacked guy across the room and being like, I want to look like him. Like maybe some people were praying to just be relieved of that pressure and to be able to work out in their own home, take their mirror pics in their bathroom and as opposed to the locker room, right? Now, the problem that I see here most most glaringly with the gym problem or with the, with the gym, sorry, not with the, the problem with the gym problem. Not, the problem I see most glaringly with the gym attractiveness thing here is that is that we have a situation where gyms are are deemed as a place of of what's the word I'm looking for gyms seem to be uh, collectively at, at least from from my view of the my Hawkeye view of the public spectrum seem to be just a place where you're in, you're out, and you do what you got to do for 45 minutes to an hour. And that's it, right? I, like I said, I, I felt like in my gym, personally, on the Upper West Side here in, in Equinox, that there was a community there. But I don't know that every gym feels that way. And I don't know that every person who goes to a gym necessarily looks for a community, right? Like it's hard, let's be honest, it's hard unless you're a consistent group fitness class taker. And I'll get to the issue of group fitness here in just a second. It's hard if you're not a consistent group fitness class person to become a member of the gym community if you're not engaging with people every day. And it's kind of hard to engage with people at the gym, let's be honest, you know. Most people have headphones in. You don't want to interrupt somebody in the middle of their set. And you certainly can't just walk up to a random person and say, let's work out together, right? Because that just, let's be honest, it just doesn't happen, right? But if, if you want to get people eager about the gym again, you need to, let's say, if I'm a, if I'm a gym owner, right, or if I'm a manager of a gym, and I don't have a, I didn't have a sense of community before COVID struck. I would try to reintroduce the the idea of community back back to the gym, and and make it a place where people can do more than just work out together. You know whether it's and, and our gym has these as well. Whether it's little nights where where you're handing out free healthy snacks or mixers or what have you. You know things that bring people together cause people to exchange phone numbers and, and feel like they have a family 
around them, right? I think that's the biggest thing that gyms who are closed or are struggling to get members back can try to emphasize as we try to build our way back up from really from what feels like the ground up. Now, here's the problem with group fitness, or I guess here, here, here we could say is the problem with gyms that pertains to group fitness is that if you were to make the argument, again, arguing against myself here, if you were to make the argument that there is bacteria flying all over the place, you could certainly make it with group fitness. Like there are some sweaty people going in and out of class. Um, dumbbells, kettlebells, sandbags, and, and boxes are, are just flying everywhere. Um, I think that shared sweat arena is kind of exhilarating for a lot of people. But in a germ-fearing world now that we're in, in late 2020 and probably going into early 2021 until a vaccine comes out, that is way less appealing, right? Not only is it way less appealing, but we're not getting really many government officials who are coming into gyms and doing you know scientific studies. And I don't know how they would do it, but I think a lot of trainers, I've heard trainers from all sides say that they want people to have provable evidence that that can lay out the ramifications for why classes do or don't work. Now, until we get that, the assumption is just, well, group fitness classes are not safe. And maybe they're not, right? There's a lot of heavy breathing going on. There's a lot of bacteria that is yeah probably is being exchanged that thing that is something i won't argue against that i think poses the second if not the first biggest mo mo the most biggest hurdle aside from finding a re-establishing re re community to to really reopening gyms right and maybe the the group fitness class thing falls under the umbrella of community, right? Because if you take the same class together with the same group of people for X amount of months, that, that class in, in and of itself becomes like a little mini community as a part of a larger community, right? Um, and, and if you take multiple classes, you're just part of more and more communities, ho hopefully, if your gym is doing this thing right. Now, I think it's really difficult to reintroduce group fitness in a way that works. Right, you want people to come into class and sweat, but you certainly can't have as many people coming into class, right? Like there has to be a limited capacity for that. Right now, there's no group fitness classes allowed here in New York, at least, which is super unfortunate, right? There, I, I can probably fill up both hands with a list of, of group fitness classes that populate the entire city of New York, whether it's it's Barry's or Orange Theory or my girlfriend's class form 50 fitness out in Astoria or, or, you know, Equinox has a, has a treadmill running program. What else is there? Um, Equinox run club, I think it's called. You got other things like, uh, I'm trying to think of the boxing place, right? Rumble, you know, those things, people that love to be in a classroom with others who are working just as hard as them. They don't even have to be looking at the other person to know that like if you've ever taken a really good class, guys, anybody who's listening, and I really hope you have because it's a different type of adrenaline rush. If you're in a classroom of people who are working hard, 
like no disrespect to group fitness instructors, but I, well, I can't say that because I do think that they carry a lot of the vibe. But if you walk into that classroom before the group fitness instructor says anything and you know that people are there to work hard, that just lights a fire under your ass that you really can't replicate in a personal training aspect, right? And the group fitness instructor just amplifies it from there, right? Like if you have a really energetic coach, if you have somebody who is a great group fitness instructor who can further that experience for you, like that is something that, oh man, that is something that fitness really, really needs and it's going to continue to need. And I got to give props to every single coach who has been doing virtual classes via Zoom or, or you know, in the park, whatever it is, whatever, however you're making it work, major props to you because it is not easy. I lead a class every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Shameless plug. If you want to join, the link is in the Paper Bag Masco uh, Instagram bio to join. It's hard. Like, it's really hard. Like, it's fun, but it's hard because you've got to motivate people through a screen. you got to have faith that the people are going to do what you're asking them to do and not just log off the Zoom call. And of course, you know, people don't normally just log off. Like that's really, that would be super fucking rude. But it's such a difficult task because you need to be communicating in a way that's motivational enough to get people off their ass to do something, right? And I, I just think it's so, a test, so much of a testament to the adaptability of fitness instructors to make that type of thing work in a COVID era. Now that's, you know, I think probably the hardest barrier we're going to have as fitness instructors, the toughest barrier we're going to have to face in the coming months. You know, how do we make a compelling enough argument to have gyms return? Um, and and the arguments are going to be hard, right? That's, that's I think, going to be my next point is that at some point or another, my next talking point that is, at, at one point or another, we as fitness instructors or maybe a larger body of gym owners at the corporate level are really going to have to have a discussion with you know our leaders the politicians the people who are in charge of opening and closing businesses about what gyms being open does for the welfare of people in general not just gyms being open but what having fitness instructors being able to work does for people. Um, and I, I trust me when I say I've been very opposed to gyms reclosing. For those of you who live in New York, we've had gyms closed from April to September, and we've been partially open from September to now, December 1st. I've been very opposed to gyms reclosing, and I don't want any of my friends or you know family or any people who are close to me to get the idea that I don't think COVID is real, right? I'm just putting that out on the table. Uh, COVID is a very real, serious thing, right? Not not all the science is, is out on it yet, and, but that doesn't mean I, I deny its existence or, or think that it's not a bad thing. It's a terrible thing. It's killed almost 270,000 Americans at this point, and I know that it's a problem. But what I also know to, to my point of, of stressing why I think gyms need to continue to be operational is what I also know is that physical activity is is going to help you maybe not beat COVID entirely, but it's going to help your chances. And I can almost promise that. And I don't think I've spoken to anybody 
who's continued to be physically active during the whole pandemic that has told me that they've felt sicker, right? Think about that. I don't think anybody has told me that upon deciding to run more or, or do more push-ups or even just go for more walks, be more active in general since they've been on lockdown, I don't think I've ever heard them say in the past nine months, client or not, that, they, that they've felt worse or that they've felt sick even. I try to be a beacon for those people to to continue to move and to continue to be active, right? If I can't get them in the gym, I give them homework to go, you know, for a walk or go for a run or or do go for a bike ride. Do something that's going to move you forward, literally like moving you forward because there's there's enough science out on that as well, right? That moving in a certain direction and 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 stimulating your brain is going to do more for your mental health and physical health than sitting at a desk for eight hours. Again, if you have the option to do that, you should do it. And, you know, there, there, there's there's things about this whole gym being open thing, you know, that I have a problem with people even considering the idea of closing it again because I, I don't think there's been enough emphasis personally on, on my part which I'm trying to do more to spread the word about via my Instagram and on the on the national level about what fitness and and engaging in fitness activities does for mental health, right? The lockdowns themselves for small businesses and our favorite restaurants being closed down already hurts bad enough mentally, right? We 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 are developing habits now that we didn't have before, right? Whether it was you know, meditating on the good side or, or maybe maybe ordering in a little bit more, which is on the, you know, maybe on the questionable side. I, I don't think that taking the gym away again is going to reinforce any better habits, right? Those people who I just mentioned who, who are running more and who are doing more things outside of their regular fitness activity, make no mistake, I am super proud of those people, but they are not everywhere, they're certainly not unicorns, but they're not everywhere, right? Like it's not, it, 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 there have been a wealth of new habits formed during the pandemic, which is a bright spot about it. But I don't think everybody has formed super healthy habits throughout this whole thing. It has been a time to reflect. It has been a time to think more about what it is you want to do during this lockdown to come out of it better. But until we act on those things, those those thoughts and those reflections don't mean a whole lot just yet. And the gym is a place to act, right? You don't go there unless you're an IG model who just takes pictures there and leaves. You don't go there to just look at yourself and leave. And I would argue that even if you did do that, it would do more for your mental health in a positive way than not going at all. Like, I, I, I don't know what else to say about the idea of closing gyms. I just don't think it's a good idea. So as I'm starting to kind of wind down this argument here for what we can do and 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 what we can focus on as, as fitness instructors and, and people who care about seeing other people healthy, right? Because that's really what it boils down to if you're, if you're a good enough trainer is just 
getting people to do things that make them healthier and thus happier is that we have to stay strong in our beliefs, right? We can't let the idea that people are going to be better off without us, you know, dominate us. For, for some people, we do have to understand that that's going to be true, right? I know for me, I, there's been, has been clients that I, I worked with for years that I haven't really spoken to much since the pandemic started. And do I take that personally? No. I, I'm more so taking the approach that it, it, it was meant to happen. And those people that are, are moving on without me now are doing so because it's the best choice for them. Right, and I, I would encourage a lot of fitness instructors to also adopt that viewpoint. But I do think that we need to focus on what it is that we we are trying to create for for people moving forward. Right, we can't get too caught up in in deciding that fitness is going to stay one way forever. Right now, now here's where that gets tricky. Is that we can't, you know, be, fitness being the realm that it is, and and the 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 exercise world being as malleable as it is. I'm not going to put, and this might be a little contrarian, but I'm not going to put all my eggs into the private training basket. Right, like I don't expect big gyms to totally close down and be a, be an abandoned business. I, I don't think that that's going to happen. I also don't think it's going to be totally 100% Zoom sessions forever either. And I think anybody who thinks that is, is not really preparing themselves for what could be kind of a rocky road in the future in terms of your personal training career. The hardest thing, whether it's going back to your gym that you're not currently working at or deciding to train your clients in their apartments, whatever it is, you need to be prepared to adjust, right? Like you need to have a game plan for if clients decide to leave, if clients decide that they want to change their routine, just like, just like if you, if, if a client gets injured and you need to totally change the program, right? You, you can't just, be a one-dimensional trainer. I've touched on this many, many times, but it's especially true now because I think a lot of trainers right now are are okay with their couple Zoom classes a week, especially if you're a group fitness instructor. You might just be all right with enjoying the routine as it is now. But as we saw back in early March, things are going to change. And if you're not in a position where you're ready for it, you know, clients could very well leave you. And I'm not saying that because they don't have a good reason for leaving you, but I'm saying it from trainer to trainer as a way to you know help you keep money in your pocket, right? I'm making this podcast, this episode 10 today, where I'm rambling on and on and on, and I'm proud because I've gone 40 minutes by myself, but this is because I have something important to say and because I'm concerned and I don't want, I don't want this industry to be decimated, right? Like I do think that there's a future for it and maybe I'm being a little bit of a hopeless optimist here, but I think that there's a way that as fitness instructors, we can come out of it 
with a more robust business model that helps us make more money, right? I'm, I'm not afraid to say that it's a job that I think pay should pay very well. And for most people, if you do your job right, does pay very well, right? You shouldn't be ashamed in demanding more of yourself. And this is one thing I learned in my six-month mentorship back in 2018 was that I really, really, you know, valued my, I began to value myself. And I began to understand that what I bring to people as a service really can't be undermined by anything a client says, right? It really can't even be undermined by something that another trainer tells me to, to do, right? If, if I have a standard for my business as a personal trainer, uh, a, a fixed month, monthly or yearly income I want to have, what type of equipment I use, you know, obviously certain things are subject to change based on client preferences, but my service is my service. And I think if you're a trainer who is a little bit depressed right now and maybe has forgotten what it feels like to have good money coming in, remember that. Remember what you brought to clients before all this happened and know that you can do it again because it's, it's the, the opportunities are there. There are people who do need accountability still and people that are lacking the ability to motivate themselves right now that need a coach. Right? If your personality fits their description, you could very well be working with them. The hardest part, as I touched on a little bit earlier, is how to market yourself and how do you get yourself out there? How do you show people who need a trainer that you could be the trainer for them? This is, I think, probably maybe the third and biggest hurdle we have individually as trainers and as fitness instructors is that there's a lot of competition, right? There's a lot of people who are really good at what they do in this industry. And more or less, they might steal. I don't want to say steal because they probably earned a lot of their clients. They might take a lot of the business from you if you're not adamant about going out and getting it, maybe even doing something new, right? Learning a new style of fitness. I'm currently, you know, have, have been pretty close-minded toward a lot of training methods throughout my training career, my four-year training career. I've mostly focused on a few big lifts and a lot of barbell stuff, but I'm trying to expand my horizons and learn things specifically on the CrossFit side and the high-intensity interval training side that get people involved, that get people feeling that sense of community, right? Because I do think those things, those areas of fitness have really strong communities, and you have to be versatile in, in not just in in preparing for the worst, but in, be, in in learning new things about fitness and learning that different styles might appeal to your clients at different times. Somebody up and decides that you, somebody that you're working with decides they want to run a marathon. You got to be you should be ready to coach them into that marathon, right? Or, or at least be willing to read a couple books and maybe hope that your client doesn't go and find a running coach, right? Like those are things I think we need to be versatile with. Now, I do think that when it comes to marketing, we're a little bit limited without our gyms attached to us. If we're not at the gym itself, you know, what do we do other than make an Instagram post? How do we pay for advertising? How do we, you know, do you put up a flyer? What What is the thing that you're going to do to make it known that you are, on the market as a coach, right? And I'll leave that up to you guys because I am still trying to figure that out myself. 
Um, I've been doing the most that I can on Instagram to advertise my services, but hey, it's not often that people just up and decide via DM that, hey, I want to work with a trainer. If you do, great. You know, Feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. Again, another shameless plug. I am always on that thing, and uh, I would love to work with new people. But again, right? Like Those are things that we need to continue to think about. We need to continue to try and create platforms for ourselves in whatever way we can to, to make it last, make this industry last. I do think, and on a closing note, we're going to be all right, trainers and fitness instructors and gyms, if you're listening. I, I do think that there is something in the horizon for us. Right now, it does seem scary. I'm still a little scared, full disclosure. But it's not the end of the world. It wasn't back in February, and it's not now. I think there will be a return to, return to normalcy after this super long hiatus of God knows what's going on. But in the meantime, right, if you've taken anything from this podcast, know that there's more growth to be had for you as a fitness professional and that you're going to have to fight for your chance to stay afloat, right? It's not going to be just a regular return to what it was. You're not going to have the same amount of clients from the get-go. You want to try to have more, though, eventually. I would hope a lot of you do because there's going to be people who are going to care more about their health now than we'll have ever had before, and that's something I can almost promise coming out of this pandemic. Guys, I want to thank you for listening to me talk to myself for 45 minutes. I hope you got something about how I feel about the fitness industry, about how my nerves are kind of creeping up on me, but I do think that if you're a trainer or if you're somebody who's a little bit hesitant to go back to the gym, understand that there are things that are going to change about the fitness world, but whether or not you're somebody who trains or somebody who gets trained, just be ready for things to change and be ready to be flexible, no pun intended, be flexible with the person you work with, whether it's your trainer or your client. Understand that they're going through some difficult things and that you guys got to meet each other halfway. That's all there is to it. There's a lot of things that you neither of you probably expected to deal with this year, but both of you have lives to live as well. And I think that if you're not thinking about that when dealing with the people you work with, you're being a little bit too selfish and you need to decide that this pandemic didn't just affect you, it affected everybody around you. And you need to let that be the basis for how you make your decisions moving forward, whether it's your business or your personal business. Guys, thank you so much for listening. This has been episode 10 of the Potentiation Podcast. I hope you guys tune in for more. I'm going to try to get 10 more before 2021 is over. Thank you, guys. Enjoy.
We'll be right back. 